Funding for WPLN News comes from you, our listeners, and Bernstein Private Wealth, working with creators and innovators to invest with intention and build the legacy they want to leave behind. More at Bernstein.com. I'm Khalil Ekelona, and this is Nashville. The new respects our artist of the month over at our sister station, WNXP. They have spent their entire lives surrounded by music and have grown up around some pretty big names in the music industry. We'll get into that a little later. Right now, I'd like to focus on how the new respects found a way to take the lessons of their upbringing, melt them down and kind of recast them into their own form of expression. The results? Well, here with me to talk about the band and their new EP is WNXP editorial director, Julie Height. Hey, Julie. Hey, Khalil. How you doing? I am good. Glad to be back. Really glad to have you with us. So you've been following the New Respects for a while, like before you came to Nashville. How did you come to know the band? You know, I can't even remember how I first heard um, some of the first tracks that they were dropping, but that was the early days of the band putting out music. So it would have been around 2017, I want to say. And I just got interested instantly because I thought this is a really young band, you know, um, they're already great. They've got all these ideas. They've got this pedigree, but it was just, you know, it was instantly obvious that they were on their own quest to evolve into the band that they wanted to be. And I thought, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with their influences and with the things that they've learned from successful musicians and their families and how they're going to, you know, find their own place, their own scene, that kind of stuff. That's what got me interested. Okay, so you've been listening to this band for a while. Let's let's start out by listening to some of their earlier work. Here's a song called Trouble. I'm begging you to Cause if you get the best you will ever be tragedy so Okay, so that's definitely some rock and roll vibe up in there. Tell me a little bit about this era of the New Respects. I mean, that was kind of the first phase, not the exact first phase of the band, because as they may reveal to you themselves, they were dabbling with, you know, folk influences and some things like that, a more acoustic approach before they actually started dropping tracks like Trouble. But that was the first phase that the world got to hear. And it was, you know, this really kind of those muscled up um, grooves and riffs and, and that kind kind of thing and I mean it was it was around the time that you know you may remember the Alabama Shakes drop Sound and Color mm-hmm. too so I was already in that in that headspace around that came out in 2015 and that was one of many bands that they had kind of taken in and been inspired by but they were you know off to the races making music that had strong hooks but, you know, really, really muscular riffs, that kind of thing. Um, and in all the photos, all the music videos, they were rocking leather motorcycle jackets to kind of reflect reflect the image, translate the sound into the visual image. So later on, the band moved a little bit into a different sound, more towards pop and R&B and a danceable kind of stuff. 
Before the Sun Goes Down is the namesake single off of their 2018 album. Here's that. said they have groove. Tell me, how did this evolution come about? I mean, really, I think it was more of a result of them exploring their own inclinations and musicianship and stuff that they were deeply interested in and really understood because, you know, they're a group of musicians, players, songwriters, you know, so leaning into um, the interest they already had in hook or even hooky guitar lines, that kind of thing, um, embracing that, you know, gave them the freedom to evolve in that direction. And that music video for that for that song, you can see some of their dance choreography because mm-hmm. that too was part of their early kind of formative era um, getting to do some, some dancing on stage. So it was kind of like bringing the fullness of all of these other ideas in and, you know, and really becoming more and more of studio architects, you know, like playing mm. with parts and arrangement and the potential for groove and feel and that kind of thing. I love it because last night I was listening to some of their music and I really got caught up on the out on the song Say What You Want. And because that I, I, let's just say this. I woke up this morning humming the tune to myself. And good just sign. So, That's a good sign. Yeah, and how wonderfully catchy it is. Tell me, what were your thoughts as you heard them change up their style? I mean, it's exciting to hear a band exploring and kind of putting ideas and musicianship to work. And, you know, I mean, the, the vocal arrangements, the vocal sounds, and I think just becoming kind of you know, really attuned to groove and feel and those kind of possibilities, you know, um, it it really works for the band. They've got, you know, everything that they can bring to that, the love of, of melody and harmony, counterpoint, and just making really, really danceable music. So many different incarnations of it. And, I mean, it is kind of nice to hear references to, like, you know, studio greatness of the 80s and the 90s. 90s, the early 2000s, different approaches to R&B leaning pop, you know, um, that kind of hearing a band that understands that stuff and is kind of applying it to to what they want to do now. It's a pretty cool thing. You know, you've been you've been in the game for a while covering musicians and bands. I want to know, is this something that's difficult to pull off to go in an entirely new musical direction? Because I don't think it is successful for a lot of groups. A lot of times it feels contrived. It mm-hmm. sounds contrived, you know. Um, I think you can you can kind of tell when, you know, maybe a, a group is making a decision based on, say, external factors or okay. <laughs> where the winds are blowing or, you know, kind of trends in music that are completely outside of maybe their interests or or wheelhouse there's there's a real difference in that kind of of trying something new or reinvention and something that's coming from 
the interests of the music makers themselves. Like when it's driven by curiosity and exploration, um, you can you can feel that. Now, the pandemic was a weird time for a lot of artists. The New Respect spent some time of that recording tracks in one of the members' bedrooms, including their single, Sail. understand this was kind of a transitional moment for the new respects talk to me about that yeah i mean you can tell just the feel the sound and feel of that track and the ep that it comes from i mean it's so much more intimate and stripped down and has that kind of you know i mean it it feels like like what it is just at the time um the the four of them kind of circling up in um, the, you know, I guess bedroom studio would be the the, the term for it, of um, of Darius, the drummer in in the band, and kind of circling back to. I mean, I mentioned the the folk era that was that was early in the band, so circling back to some older material and older approaches. And doing something that was, I think, you know, a comfort for them um, during during that time, the pandemic, and a comfort for for others to hear too. And I think, you know, I mean, when you listen to Sail, you can hear the way their voices entwine together and then split apart. You can hear gospel influences too mm-hmm. in that in that vocal arranging, even though it's so. There's there's artfulness to it, even though it's like really stripped down to the simplicity of um, really intimate expression. Now, I know a lot goes into choosing the artist of the month. Why this band and why now? I think the better question is why now? Okay. <laughs> I think, you know, uh, not not why the new respects, but why now? Uh, because, you know, like we've been talking about um, how exciting it's been to see their evolution. And at this moment, you know, they're kind of moving into a new phase, a new era as a band. You know, they they made all this music. They were on a label. You know, they were evolving musically. And then they were taking in everything that was going on in the world and making decisions about, you know, how to how to kind of turn some corners professionally, you know, leaving the label, going going off into um, the independent realm beyond that, and whatever whatever comes next. And the lineup changed a little bit too. I mean, they started um, as a four person unit, and 
you know, they've grown into uh, in into new adult realities. There've been marriages, that kind of thing. And um, Lexi, who was the original basis of the band, you know, she is she's now in the parenthood, the full time parenthood phase. Mm-hmm. And so she's still part of the picture, but not like in the in the full-time performing unit so a lot of a lot of exciting things too and they they didn't just you know work on that stripped down ep they were also working on some full-blown studio recordings with you know kind of the full expression of the new feel the new capturing the new moment and producing themselves and that kind of that kind of thing. So yeah, it's a, it's a good moment to kind of get a sense of the evolution of a family band that's grown up together and evolved together artistically. And we don't we don't get to see a lot of we don't get to follow that evolution. You know, I mean, yeah. how many bands like that stay together and give each other the freedom to to grow and evolve together. What you're saying to me kind of feels like the seminal hip-hop group, A Tribe Called Quest. So Yes, yes, that is also accurate. That I, is true. <laughs> I love it, I love it. You know, last question for you, Julie. Like, what's interesting to me is that, you know, Times and fans and music listeners, they really don't allow artists to develop and evolve. And people want more of the same of what initially drew them to this band. Is that lack of openness to growth? a result of the music industry moving away from artist development? Ooh, that, that might be above my might be above my pay grade. I think it has <laughs> to do with a lot of things. I think, you know, I mean, I've people have been telling me music makers have been telling me for years that they don't get the luxury of that kind of experimentation, you know, uh, artist development, that kind of thing. So there's the pressure to figure it out in the spotlight sometimes. And and I think in, you know, listening habits and people turning to the familiar for comfort, but also the algorithmic forces mm. at work in the world um, that kind of, you know, depending on how you engage with music and how you listen, certainly, you know, this is not the way the music is chosen at WNXP, but if you're just listening to, you know, on on streaming platforms, a playlist that has a particular mood or category, it just sort of smooths everything out into into sameness, into comfortable sameness mm-hmm. for you. But I am an advocate for, you know, staying on the roller coaster ride of watching an artist evolve and taking it in. Yes, one way to avoid the algorithms, cassette tapes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Julie Height is the editorial director from our sister station, WNXP. Julie, as always, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we will talk with two members of the New Respects about their new project and how they've developed their sound. Are you a fan of the New Respects? Do you have a question for them? Tweet it to us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. We were just talking about WNXP's Artist of the Month, The New Respects. Well, they've dropped a new single today. Don't worry. Let's listen to a little bit. 
Friday dance vibes, y'all, I'm telling you. And now I'd like to welcome my guests, Jasmine Mullen and Zandi Mowry of The New Respects. Welcome to This Is Nashville. Thank hey, you so much. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Oh, it's a pleasure. How's it going? Great. So good. The interview you guys just did just floored me. Uh, me too. I was like, whoa, never experienced anything like that. No, so good. I think you guys should get ready for a whole bunch of that. Wow, oh, thank you. Listening thank you. to your stuff. So this has been a really exciting time for you all. You're yeah. releasing your new EP. Mm-hmm. You've just been named Artist of the Month at WNXP. Jasmine, tell me, how does this feel for you? It just feels so exciting. I'm so grateful. Like, you do a lot of work you write songs and like whenever somebody says i resonate with that or i like it or like we want to showcase it i'm like really Mm -hmm. it's just such an honor like that people like it as much as we do and that like it gets to be seen and used so i'm very thankful i love how you get surprised you're like really yeah It's just like it's a it's a beautiful surprise every time because it's music is so personal, mm-hmm. but it's something that we share. And so I'm like, thank you for wanting to partake in this. It just it's exciting every time. Nice. How about you, Zandy? Yeah, I mean, it's surreal. I think because we've been doing this for so long and we started so young, these are the days that we have been dreaming about for a long time. Mm-hmm. So to see them start to roll out in a way that um, we could imagine and in ways we couldn't is always like a sweet surprise and gas in the tank to keep going yes yes that that endless loop of energy oh yeah Mm -hmm. so jasmine tell me more about this new record so don't worry is a song that darius started and that we finished together um and we went into the studio and zandy and darius produced it for us it was it came together like pretty smoothly and it's like so fun. Um, but we always like are trying to say something meaningful that's wrapped in something that makes you like want to move a little bit. So I feel like this is just no exception. Like we often will release something that almost feels like weirdly prophetic to our lives. And there's just so much that you can worry about mm. right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we wrote this and I don't know, like I, it's something that I need to sing right now. So I hope that somebody else like finds the words or we give them the words to, to sing that right now. Is there anything different this time around in terms of how you all made this recording? Yeah. Zandy and Darius producing it, I think is like one of the biggest changes is also like one of the coolest things to see, like, because they really have such a good grasp on vision and execution and like knowing where it is that we're wanting to go um and so to see like those gifts spill out of them so naturally and like i don't know that was like the biggest change and also it made such a like i don't it pointed us in a really cool direction that i'm excited to walk in now i want to ask a question about the sessions Zandy. Yeah. what were the sessions like This one, so this idea started in 2020 in the middle of COVID and we weren't really seeing much of each other at the time because everybody was separate and everything. And so there was a lot of 
texting ideas that, you know, you had made into like a group text that we have. And it would just be like we sent a song that we made on our computer, like, hey, what do y'all think about this? Does anybody have a lyric idea? And so this song was something that Darius had started. Um, and then as the song evolved, we pulled lyrics from oh, years yeah. ago uh-huh. that we just kind of had been sitting on. Um, so then going from Darius's bedroom to the iPhone to getting like lyrics and then back into like an actual studio. Um, it felt like life at the time. Like we were all kind of separate and only could communicate via phone. Yeah. And then to have an idea birthed in that time and then bringing us back together in a studio where we would go in and play and and sing and make sure everything was good. It was, uh, again, it was a surreal time, mm-hmm. but it also felt very right. It was super timely. And so for this to be one of the first songs that we did was natural. So it's like art imitating life. 100%. But you all had this prescience because here you create this song in the pandemic, but yep. you go backwards yep. to find lyrics yep. that fit for the present moment. Yeah. And you mentioned that you wanted to say something with your lyrics. Yeah. Like, what did you want to say with this release? Um, often I will talk about how it's really important, the words we put in people's mouths, that they're going to sing out because I feel like you're just saying art imitating life like our influence is so much of the way that we show up in the world like what we believe about ourselves and the world around us so I think what we needed to hear is that we didn't have to worry for a second like Mm. that there was a space that you can just take a breath in and be like it's gonna be okay and if I don't believe that I can listen to somebody else say it and so I think we wanted to say that for people so that they just had it like, hey, don't worry, it's going to be okay. Like, if you can't say it for yourself today, we'll sing it for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what we wanted to say over people, like, it's going to be okay. And that like type of connection that you have with the audience. Yeah. It's, it cycles back to you. Yeah. Straight up. So a lot more artists and groups have been going independent yeah. for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Zandy, tell me, why did you all choose that path? It was just time. Um, I think that with the label that we were on, we were dealing with really great people. We did not have a toxic experience, um, but it felt like graduating high school in a sense. Like hmm. we could have decided to like stay an extra year or like in college, they like register to be like uh, so that I could play longer. Mm-hmm. Or we could decide to go ahead and graduate and get into the next phase of our life. And that is what we decided to do. Our contract was up and we all kind of it felt like. Um, shared our top memories of working together and then we went our separate ways Mm -hmm. Um, so and that allowed for us to be independent in this season and be excited about the possibilities of what could come next without being jaded of being like we'll never do the label thing again or I'm just ready to do it It just literally felt like the next right thing and that's the pace of our entire career we don't have it all figured out Mm -mm. we don't know what five years our career is going to look like but if we're committed to just the next right move, then it'll all work out. That's pretty unique because a lot of artists kind of go independent so they can make more money. Yeah, yeah and, sure. You know, look, hey, I'm not saying that making money is not important. Right. Not for sure not. But to be creatively free yeah. and to make money doing your craft, that is a win-win. Yeah. yeah. At least to me. That's how you yeah. see it, Jasmine? Yeah, for sure. I definitely see it that way. I'm like, I'm excited about whatever is next and the benefits of this next season. Mm -hmm. And also I'm thankful that I was thankful for the time that we had before and the education that it was and the people that we met. Like it all makes this next season richer. We know more 
about what we're walking into because of what we left. So I'm really excited. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil Ekelona. We're talking this hour with Jasmine Mullen and Zandi Mowry, two members of the band The New Respects. They have released their new song, Don't Worry, from their upcoming EP. So let's get back to the pandemic. Yeah. A lot of musicians responded to the pandemic a lot of different ways. Some dove in, got a lot of music written and recorded. Others had a hard time coming up with anything, and a few stopped altogether. You were talking about the process of how you all got together to record a few songs. I want to get into how did it create your, your how did it affect your creativity? Like, mm. did you all say, okay, the world is upside down. Mm -hmm. Let's take our music and flip it upside down. I think that music has always been a good tool for us to process and respond. And so um, it was our natural go-to when it came to trying to process all that happened in 2020 and beyond. And so I don't think in a lot of ways we didn't look at it as a business opportunity or even like as a band. We went back to the foundations of us being a family and we're checking on each other and being like, how do you, how are you feeling? Like everything is kind of crazy. And um, in the same way the band started was a response to something. Um, me, the music that we made in 2020 was our, our response to what was happening because music is the language that we speak to each other first. Mm -hmm. So I, so it all, the alignment was all there. Like it all happened the way it was supposed to and the way that it was written before any of this even happened. Yeah. But um, we were just kind of falling into it uh, and not necessarily planning it out ourselves. I like that. You yeah. know, like many of us turn to music to help us process our thoughts and emotions. Yeah. And after something jarring as the global pandemic and events like George Floyd's murder, yeah. the election of 2020, and even recently with the tragedies in Buffalo and yeah. Uvalde, Texas, yeah. you know, people are looking for answers mm -hmm. and the comfort that music can provide. Jasmine, how does that recognition of the impact of your music really inform your creative process? Gosh, that's such a good question. Um, I think oftentimes I'm not thinking so heavily about one thing when we're making our music, but I just know the salve that music has been for me. And I'm often, we're talking like, we'll talk in a writing session about like, this is how this has affected me. And as it becomes a salve for me, just like hoping and praying that that same thing that was a comfort to me can become a comfort for somebody else because we're all connected through music and so i'm not always thinking as broad um, as i might but hoping that what is really really um specific and special and needed for me can become the same thing for somebody else mm -hmm. because it's just we're living in a really really difficult days and like we need each other and i'm like okay if there's a way that i can be accessible through a song that's what i want to do making it a real connection as opposed to hey let's go out here and make songs that have changed the world yeah. just make songs that people can turn to in times of need for sure okay so you know listening to some of your previous work i feel that overwhelming sense of po positivity. Like, mm -hmm. no matter what the topic of the song is, you know what? I feel sunshine behind your lyrics. Awesome. Thanks. You know, talk, talk to me about the collaborating process for writing your songs. It's different every time. Yeah. Um, I think the sunshine is because we laugh so much. Like, I think something that musicians 
um, don't account for a lot is like the mood that you're in, the um, perspective that you have. Um, it all gets into your music, even if it's not the lyrics that you're writing. Mm-hmm. So I think that you're hearing our laughter in the studio sessions and the way that we write the lyrics and, and what we're writing about. Like mm-hmm. it, the song may be a little heavier, like a keep holding on off the new album. Um, it might be a little sadder, but we're we're laughing while we're writing it. Not because the topic is funny, but because joy is our gasoline, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you're able to feel that. Um, so whether it's like me starting a song or Jasmine starting a song or Darius starting like a session and needing a lyric, um, the theme of our lives is laughter and you're responding to that. So you and Darius produced this EP. Tell me, was this like the first time you all have taken on solely the production for the entire project? Yeah, oh yeah. Terrifying. I think because we got signed so young, I was 19 when we got signed and I'm 27 now. And so it was never um, our assumed responsibility to produce anything because there there's a, a budget for that and there's people who've been doing it for longer than I've been alive. And so um, the idea that we would produce something ourselves was always like, well, I'm sure somebody else will do it. Like there's people are really good at it. So like I was saying, when we did the next right move and left the label and our budget drastically <laughs> decreased, <Yeah. laughs> we started looking around like, okay, what do we do? And my dad actually is the one who for years has been saying like, hey, UND, y'all should produce your own record. And we always had excuses on why we weren't capable to do it. Um, But this was the right thing at the right time. And we were just like, okay, like this is the time that we start. Like we want to be the Grammy nominated producers that get, you know, album of the year one day. Mm -hmm. And that won't happen overnight. And Mm -hmm. so we just decided to like go for it and see what happens. And I'm really proud of what, we came up with now that you all have dipped your toes in the water and you've proven that you can swim are you ever going to go back to having someone else produce your record it would be really hard to um i'll I'll never say never but uh i think there's a different thing having to explain vision to somebody and then also just like creating it Mm -hmm. and so i think there's no language barrier when you do your own thing um and we have learned the benefit of uh speaking our own language and then just having people help us magnify that versus having to translate for somebody else so that they can magnify it themselves. Mm. Did you all try anything wild and new on this new project? Guitar World, yeah. I, I played on, there's a song called Time on it and I typically, you know, you play into an amp, but I sent my guitar into like a Leslie. Okay. And so there's like some wild stuff. Like I was just like playing. Like it, it's like recess to me. There's so many mm. toys and I'm like, I don't know if I want to play hide and seek. I don't know if I want to yeah. play tag. You know, that's what it feels like <laughs> in the square, studio. Tether <laughs> exactly. Ball. Yeah, I know. Dodgeball. Who yeah. knows? But I mean, you could do anything. So yeah. um, having like a whole swing set and like a playground and a slide there, that's what it feels like in the studio. And Darius and I kind of turned into our five-year-old selves and kind of laughed and high-fived each other as we explored what this playground could become. I love it. So, Jasmine, when is... Okay, hold on quick. For our listeners who don't know, what's a Leslie? It's like, you know, like an organ. So it's like the cabinet that you can... And it spins and it makes that what sound that mm-hmm. is typically on an organ. So I just put it my quarter inch into that. Our engineer helped with like all of our crazy ideas. And so there's a pedal that you switch and it goes faster and it made my guitar sound cool. Ooh, yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't Very wait. Cool. Yeah. Jasmine, when's this project going to drop? 
That's such a good question. Yeah, Jasmine, you want to ask? I don't know. Again, we're just the, the right next step, people. Like yeah. right now, right. we have the single uh, today, and then the plan is to not summer. let listeners and fans wait too long. Right. But, okay. It's going to be a summer coming, project. Yeah. Summer project. Yeah. You all are touring this summer, correct? Yeah. We are. All right. We're going to make sure people understand what's up. We're going to take a quick break, and we're talking with Jasmine Mullen and Zandi Mowry of The New Respects. And when we come back, we'll get into their musical roots and how they came together. Do you have a comment about The New Respects? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. I'm Khalil Colonna, and this is Nashville. We're talking this hour with two members of the band, The New Respects. They are Artist of the Month over at our sister station, WNXP. Now, Jasmine, your mom, Nicole C. Mullen, is one of the most successful black artists in the contemporary Christian music scene. Yeah. Your dad, David Mullen, is a songwriter himself. Yeah. What was it like growing up with them? Oh my gosh. I recently have started describing it as the ultimate master class that I didn't know I was taking. Okay. Because for a few reasons, like one, I would come home and there would just be like people in our house like writing all the time. Or after school, I would go to my dad's studio and he would have a session and I would just like be sitting in. And or when I was like a teenager, like a young teenager, I started touring with my mom like every weekend and without knowing it, I was ingesting like all this stuff, like all this music, like what they were listening to, like what they were writing, how they wrote. Um, and it was really cool. And um, writing songs was like as natural to me as like having breakfast every morning. And so I remember like, you know, we've talked about this, like maybe this isn't the right way to do it. But when I was like seven, I remember I like wrote a song and like I came downstairs and I was like, Mom and Dad, like, what do you think of this song? And they were like, it's good, but, like, the metaphors don't match. And, like, lines A and B, like, don't rhyme. So, like, <laughs> go back upstairs, rewrite it, and come back. I'm like, cool. You know? And it was, like, that all the time. And it was really, like, it was just unique. Like, I never planned on doing music, but, like, without knowing it, I was just taking classes and taking notes from them all the time and they're really good at what they do and they're really good writers so I'm super thankful that like I got to grow up watching them just be like themselves and especially my mom there's so much that I have never said I can't do that because I saw her do it first mm. and that means the world to me so yeah, that's what it was like. It reminds me of the author, Malcolm Gladwell, who wrote this book called Outliers. It's about how people are in particular situations that lead them to success. Bill Gates being around one of the first supercomputers or only supercomputers at the mm. time. I love this. Now, Zandi, your mom was Nicole's road manager. Yes. Yeah. And Little Bird told me that you all performed as Nicole's backup dancers that and Julie mentioned it earlier. That's right, right? So yeah. did you all like bust out moves like the Running Man and the Roger Rabbit? What were your, what were your dance styles? I want to say the Roger Rabbit was actually in that, one of the... I think you're right. There's so many things. We did like a mix. There was like hip-hop-ish things, contemporary kind of things. We just kind of grew up like entertaining. So I, I was on the road with her from like, I want to say I was 11 when I first started and okay. then... 
um, ended up stopping when I was 16, 17, something like that. So what was it like having such close access to yes. the stage and the inner workings of musical performances during these really formative years of your life? It's so funny because you don't know that something's not normal until you start talking about it and people's responses are like, what? You know what I mean? Like we were, um, there is a conference called Women of Faith that Aunt Nicole did um, a lot. And so they're in arenas. So a lot of my first experiences on a stage was playing in arenas. Mm. But I didn't know that wasn't normal mm -hmm. because it's just, I was 11. My life wasn't measured by um, standards yet. It was just like, whatever is happening is is the standard. And so it wasn't until I got older and was able to look back and I was like, whoa, that was a crazy way to grow up. But also, I saw myself being groomed for the career that I have today. Yeah, like eliminated any possibilities of you all having stage fright. Oh, 100%. And for it gave sure. us a different work ethic because we were never comparing ourselves to our peers by the time we started the band. We, all, we saw professional musicians do it, and so we knew what we needed to look and sound like. Um, when it came to even like running a sound check, like what is that? We had the advantage of doing it at a very high level of like, this is what this is for. This is not time to practice your songs. This is time to get the sound right. So be prepared before you come. Like there's all these things that we didn't have to learn um, because we saw it at 11. Yeah. So Jasmine, as you mentioned, you spent a lot of time on the rope with your mom rehearsing yeah. and performing together. Let's take a listen. See Sing, all ye citizens of heaven, glory to God, glory in the highest. Oh, come, let us. Now, none of you can see this reaction from Jasmine. <laughs> That's amazing. A nice surprise. So oh, yeah. that was way back from 2012 when you and your mom oh, were getting wow. ready for a Christmas concert yeah, in Arizona. Wow. Tell me what, what that part of being on the road as a kid was like for you. It was awesome. Like, first of all, so she had this thing called Team NCM, and it was like preteens and teenagers that would travel with her she'd take like eight kids at a time on the road with her everywhere and i do not know how she had the wherewithal to withstand all these little kids around her all the time but she was had so much grace to do that and it was just really cool like i got to sing with my mom and i got to dance and when i was like really little like i just revered everything that she did so mm -hmm. it was so cool like I think maybe I took it for granted a little bit in my teen years, but now looking back, I'm like, wow, that was really special. Did you have any inclination back then that you would get into the music Heck industry? No, I used to she say was anti. I was singing. anti. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, first of all, like I just was like convinced that I was going to be. Well, I always knew I wanted to write, but I wanted to be a playwright. Okay. So I just would tell people like 
they'd be like, are you going to sing like your mom? And I would be like, no. I will write plays. I will die for my art. And I was like, so serious. Um, so, no, it took me a little bit longer. Like, I was in the band before I knew I wanted to be in a band. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It just happened. Yeah, you just woke happened. up and you're like, I'm I in a like, band. I was like, hold up. I am in a band. Yeah. But I was always writing songs, so I don't know what that was about. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil Ekelona. My guests are Jasmine Mullen and Zandi Mowry of The New Respects. Now, we've been talking about their musical lineage and how they created their own sound. So you guys ultimately did make the choice to get into music and mm -hmm. to do your own. You know, was there a time, you know, when your, your parents were doing their thing that you didn't want to go out on the road and you just wanted to relax and chill? Never. <laughs> that's not that's not my thing. The road has always been the most fun place to me. Like, um, I think with with Jasmine, maybe her experience was a little different because she was with her parents and they were doing their thing. But I think by the time we started the new respects, it was like yeah. our thing and our dream, and we were willing to do anything it took to kind of get it off the ground. Tell me how much religion or how has religion shaped your music? Oh, in every way. Well, let me. Religion is like a kind of an interesting word for me so i'll say like christianity specifically and mm -hmm. um and god and jesus has influenced everything that we do um and it informs why we write why we go on the road why we um love what we do because there's so much purpose in communicating love and communicating grace and peace and joy and um music has been the vehicle to do that and uh, there's not a ton of times in our music where it's like that explicit that that's what we're talking about. But we've seen people encounter God through songs that are written about him, even without saying his name. Mm. Um, so it's the heartbeat of every song that you hear. You may think you're dancing to a drum group, but I think it's the heart of God. Mm. I love that. Okay. So, you know, outside of your family's music, what music did you listen to growing up? Man, I was so, so, so sheltered. Um, I was homeschooled uh, okay. growing up. And so we could listen to like Motown and gospel music, like my brother and I. So it was like Fred Hammond or the Jackson 5. You know what I mean? And so our our diet was very limited to um, those specific genres. But those genres are also really dense. Mm -hmm. And so like there was a lot of musical education that I was getting because if it was a Saturday morning and mom put on gospel music to cling to, like I was listening to harmonies before I knew what harmonies was. Or if it was like dad's turn to DJ, he would definitely put on like Earth, Wind & Fire or something mm -hmm. like that. Okay. And so then I was like, well, okay, that's a cool guitar part before I even play guitar. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of uh, influence that I didn't credit until I was much older because I thought I was forced <laughs> to listen to this music. <laughs> then I realized, I was like, that's actually not that bad of a diet. Yeah, like, I'm actually thankful. <laughs> yeah. Did you, who, who did you get into as you kind of expanded and got more independent? Oh, well, for me, um, I, Z and I, Andy, all started listening to John Mayer around the same time. Huge, huge and Mayer we fan. And loved him for different... Zandy became a guitar hero because <laughs> of listening to John Mayer. And for me, like, what else was I listening to? Coldplay became huge for me. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I always was listening to a lot of different things when I was growing up. So it's... I, it's interesting. Like, I kind of still listen to a lot of the same stuff. Like, mm -hmm. I 
like grew up listening to this guy who lives in town. His name is Tommy Sims. And that record that I grew up on is still like probably my favorite record of all time. Okay. Um, but yeah, I would say Coldplay, John Mayer, uh, Alabama Shakes. We listen to a lot of singer songwriters. Like Ingrid Michaelson. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, Sarah Bareilles. There's yeah. like a lot of, I think, in mm-hmm. our writing times. Brooke Frazier. Yeah. And then we diversify. For sure. <laughs> yeah. There's a band from the 70s called The Automatic Man. I think you all would dig. Okay, okay. I'm going yeah. to write that down. Yeah. Check them out. So we've been talking about what it's like to watch your mother and your family yeah. be one of the few sometimes only black person in the room. Mm-hmm. You released a song about your experiences growing up black. We ain't going nowhere. Let's take a listen. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Feeling like some serious Sly and the Family Stone vibes. I love that. That's good. Wonderful. So tell me what that what this does this uh, what does this song yeah. mean to you, Jazz? First. Oh man, it means a lot. Like every lyric in it is something that actually happened to us. Mm-hmm. The way that it was written is we're in uh, L.A. and there's this lady named Priscilla Renea who is an amazing songwriter mm-hmm. and. We basically were just like telling her all the stuff that happened in our childhood. Yeah. So we'd be like, yeah, we used to watch Pepper Ann on TV and my mom used to comb my hair with one of them hot combs and like all this <laughs> stuff where I went to school and this happened um, on the playground and she helped us like weave it into a song like just really fast. Um, but it's mostly just like the experiences that we had growing up that have shaped us and it's a pop song. Yeah. Z, can I call you Z? Yeah, please do. (laughs) She prefers Z Boogie. (laughs) Z Boogie. Okay, where are Z Boogs? What about you? (laughs) Like she said, it's all it's all just facts. I think that was the first time that we were that bold about our experience. I think being black and growing up in predominantly white spaces, there is this unspoken rule that you kind of feel of like, don't make a big deal out of it. Like you're Mm. you're already here, you're already different. Just kind of like fit in as best as you can. So. I think in that session specifically, there is a freedom to talk about our experience in totality, even if it meant that some people couldn't relate um, due to different upbringings, it was okay to still write it down. And so um, writing that song and then touring it and having people be like, I'm so thankful that you wrote something like that. Like, I I hear what you're saying. Mm. Um, Again, like we're not super loud writers. Like we rarely will write exactly about the thing that we're talking about we're very into like storytelling and like kind of weaving it in and like if you get it great if you don't like you can still dance to the music and that's a win for us as well so having people identify with the lyric and be like that happened to me too has been a really cool window to step into who we are fully and not just be like well in spite of the fact i'm black i'm gonna make music but it's like it's part of my story and because of this i have a 
a different story to tell that I'm proud of. Straight up. So your listeners really embraced the song. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't know. He had just never done mm-hmm. anything like that before. So it was like, we're just out here. Yeah, for <laughs> we'll sure. We'll see. Yeah. For sure. So, you know, your sound has developed from rock and pop to R&B, soul, and just this infectious groove. Yeah. And this backbeat of danceable, yeah. enjoyable tunes like we just heard, you know. And where do you think your sound is going to go next? Man, I have no idea. I was actually, I'm kind of always writing. So I was just, before I came here, working on a new song idea. And it for me, guitar is always going to be the thing that I start with because that's kind of been the thread of where we were, where we are, and where we're going. So, I mean, you can definitely expect guitar, more mm-hmm. grooves, mm-hmm. and then songs that are a photo of where we are right now or where we will be. So it's kind of hard because um, we don't know what's going to happen next in life. You know, we may write about the buffalo ex- experience and how we process that or we may write about the fact that like i have a nephew now you know like yeah. it's it's who knows how it's going to come out um but i'm excited to hear it i'm excited to hear it as well jazz yeah. what can we expect what can we look forward to from the new respects you can look forward to more music more shows um and just like more joy i hope that we get to keep writing songs for a really long time And as long as we're writing songs, we'll just keep trying to infect people with joy. So you can expect that. Yeah, I can sense this this dedication and absolute happiness you all have. And I think in a pre-interview, Z, you said that you told your mom, I will live in a box for my art. Oh, that was me. That That was was you. I was never that extreme. My my theater days. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Jasmine. Talk about oh your my box. Gosh. No, it's so <laughs> yeah, I want to hear a little bit more about your <laughs> okay, box. Okay, like it was my playwriting times, <laughs> and I literally told my mom, I was like, "Mom, I will live in a box for my art," and she was like, "Okay, baby, <laughs> great." <laughs> and she's so supportive. Um, fortunately, I never had to do that. Um, but yeah, I was super dedicated to that. But I'm glad that like I've always had passion. I just get to reallocate it now. I will not be living in a box, but I'm thankful that i've always had a drive and a passion you will not be living in a box and you cannot put the new respects in a box i see that i like that (laughs) you all are always (laughs) evolving i want to thank my guests jasmine mullen and zandy mowry thank you both so much for joining us and to play us out let's listen to some more of the new respects and their new single don't worry Thank everyone who tuned in this hour. This is Nashville is a production of WPLN News and Nashville Public Radio. Listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Our producers are Steve Harouche, Rose Gilbert, and Tasha A.F. Lemley. Our digital lead is Anna Gallegos Cannon. Michaela Elias is our technical director. Our executive producer is Andrea Tudhope. The masterminds behind our theme music are LaRange and Namir Blade. The conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at This Is Nashville. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. And tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil A. Colonna. We'll see you on Monday, everybody. And be good to each other. Everybody's got pain. You and me are the same. You don't have to be afraid.